When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Grongy Maguire and this is Chantelle Fiducci and Pate. Hello! We bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the the way way they were. Hi Chantal, how's your week been? Hi Grania, mine's been very tiring and drunk. How about yours? Oh, same. Has it? What'd you yeah. get up to? Talk to me. Um, so my friend moved to Sussex and there was there's this like bonfire festival on at the weekend that was like genuinely something out of Midsummer Murders. And I was convinced, well, obviously I'm going to be the one getting murdered. I'm the uppity outsider who nobody likes, who's just visiting the village. But I thankfully only, I didn't get murdered. I did wake up feeling like I was dying because I was so hungover, but it was very good. It was very pagan and creepy. Yeah, you are, you quite a, for, especially for an Irish last, you're quite a lightweight when it comes to the boozing. When I hear about you drinking, I get worried, Grania, I'll be honest. So it concerns bad. me. It's so bad. I woke up and there was a bookish beside the That's all you've got to say. That's all you've got to say, Grania. <laughs> when you wake up with a bucket, we all know what oh. that means. <laughs> I was like, I need more dignity. I need more. Di- I, I had no idea how the night ended. And then I just saw this bucket taunting me. So, uh, yeah. We had very similar weekends. We had very similar weeks by side. That was a lot of my week full stop was just a lot of buckets in my week. <laughs> and so where were you? I was getting drunk with pagans. What were you up to? Um, I was getting drunk with uh, D-list celebrities at the Winter Wonderland press launch. Ah! Super exciting fun there. Spent most of my time in the Bavarian village. Um, We walked around for ages trying to find out where the free booze was, obviously. Like, we went on three... I was there for five hours. I went on three rides. We walked around trying to find the free booze. And as we got closer to this Bavarian village where it was, we finally realised this is definitely the place. Because suddenly, out of everything being empty and lovely and hardly anyone's there, this place was rammed. And I was like, this is where the free booze is. (laughs) This this is where the free booze and food is. It's rammed. And there was an amazing... Um, German singer man on the stage who was Bavarian I hope who was incredibly doing covers of all the all the big hits of 2008 <laughs> lots of lots of Maroon 5 was happening lots of oh, it, was, it was a great that's, he, he did some Girls Aloud songs in there oh. real up to date bangers you know the stuff you're hearing these days it was excellent stuff I had a great 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 time with Bavarian beer and Bavarian food mainly Bavarian beer and then forgot I had to be up the following morning at 5 in the morning so that was all around just a fun time. I wish I, I couldn't bring the bucket to work, unfortunately. 
Oh god! I should have done. It was tough. But what D-list celebrity were you most? Did you spy? I was pretty unlucky. I only saw a, a couple of folks from Made in Chelsea, and then um, some. Apparently, there was uh, people from Love Island there, but I didn't watch this series Love Island, so I missed all those folks. And apparently, Millie Bobby Brown was there. Millie Bobby Apparently, Brown. yes, my friend of mine stood behind Millie Bobby Brown. Things have gone downhill for our girl Millie. Oh, <laughs> this is what she's doing PR. now, going to Winter Wonderland press launches. I was somebody's like, Millie Banks made a big mistake. Her manager is really, I know she's English and all, but come on, love, you're not a hun. What is she doing? So, um, yeah, that's, my life is now up where Millie Bobby Brown's life is. So I'm, I'm thinking of future guest. Yeah. I could have stopped her and asked her. I think her biggest breakups, I mean, imagine them, would be someone from three years ago that none of us have heard of or yeah. actually you know what it'd be it'd be Sean Mendes and Camilla who just broke up this week oh poor I'm sure we're all crushed poor one out the albums are going to come from this the the parties the revelations I'll say no more but it's going to be very exciting <laughs> to see what happens with Sean Mendes's career I'm excited <laughs> anyways is there anything that you're um that you're upset about this week that you wish would that you want to break up from um, well, I want to break up with being hungover and my brother, my brothers, oh my God, I hope that wasn't a Freudian slip, my boyfriends. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Please do not edit that out. Please keep that in. First of all, you called your boyfriend your brother and you want to break up with your brother? <laughs> wow, this is a therapy session. Settle in, guys. <laughs> We've got a lot to cover. His family, his, his cousin is getting married and you know I'm a Chandler. I'm a Chandler, Chandry life is what I'm about. And mm-hmm. his auntie has asked me to make 60 candles <gasps> for a wedding sort of ceremony. Oh my God. Which I was like, of course, anything to show off. I was like, yeah, of course, I'd love to. And You're then good I at for- it. Yeah, but then I forgot to do it. So now I've had to make 60 candles <laughs> in an evening while filling out my ESTA application for my holiday to America. So I think what? I might have accidentally ticked, yes, I'm a terrorist because I wasn't paying attention. So watch this space. Sorry, sorry I said I was a terrorist. I was too busy making candles because yeah. I'm, I'm literally a cliche of a person and American things of English people, of people from the UK sitting around making candles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grony, this is great stuff. Right. I have nothing bad to report for this week. I, unlike you, enjoy getting hangovers. It means I had a good time and hopefully I forget everything as well. So I'm doing great. I'm probably still drunk now, so we're going to have a great show today. The, the way they, they were. were. Well, I am so excited to have our guest today. He is an incredible TV presenter, comedian, actor, multi talented. And, and most importantly, our first ever. Straight man. Straight man. He's a trail he's a trailblazer. He's a trailblazer. <laughs> Welcome the amazing Ed Petrie. Hello. This is the best I can do hiding from my children. This is the only space I have to myself in the entire house. This, <laughs> I bought this bean bag. It's daddy's bean bag and no one's allowed on it. <laughs> So, Ed, how it works is Chantelle doesn't know the couple that you've brought in, but mm-hmm. I've put together a few clues to give her a hint okay. of the couple that we will be talking about. Hang on. Grania always gives me dreadful clues about nothing to do with the couple every single week. So this is going to be great. Okay. Come on, Grania, this, this is the week. Give me some good ones. Okay, <laughs> Actually, help I'm... me. So. Hint me up. Chantelle. I'm ready. The year this couple got together was... 
Okay, picture the scene. Get into the atmosphere. England has won the World Cup. Now, the Organization for Women spearhead second wave feminism in America. Thank you so much. And the hills are alive to the sound of music. But what young couple were making music and love? (laughs) This couple, you could say they might not have got what they wanted, but they might just get what they needed. Any ideas? Oh, okay. So it's Stones. It's Stones. I should know that from Ed Petrie because Ed Petrie is like, I'm like something from the 60s in England. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Chantal won't know this. So it's definitely Stones. Am I right? Is it, is it Stones? Is it yeah. a member of Stones? Yeah. So it's Maybe. Keith. It's got to shut up. It's got to be, it's got to be Keith or Mick. Keith oh, England's was with, won the World Cup. Maybe that's not going to be Charlie because him and his wife are normal, and it's got to be Keith or Mick because they're the big ones. So Keith was was Keith with Pallenberg, Anita Pallen. Is it Keith and Anita Pallenberg, the German girl? It's I think they were co- all with each other at various <laughs> I mean, yeah, points. Yeah, that's the thing. I know Anita got we got a, in a lovely way. Allegedly, she had lots of friends in that band. Let's put it that way. Um, so it's Mick. I mean, Christ, how long have we got to go through all Mick's? My favourite would be if it's Mick and... Because it's the one I think I know the most about, maybe. Oh, God. I think this could be the week. Is it Mick and Marianne? Is it Mick and Marianne? Is it yes, Mick and Marianne? it is. Yes. They're the best ones. They're the only ones I know anything about. And by best anything, rock and roll I mean, couple ever. They're, they're not. Oh, Christ. This is they not going to be an easy one. <laughs> this is not so, going to be an easy one. My my knowledge is, is is small. So please fill me in. This is exciting, though. We've got the 60s ones. It's so Ed. <laughs> <laughs> so you've picked Mick Jagger and Marianne Faithful. Before we get into their romance, are you are you a romantic person? Uh, well, Chantal is actually friends with my wife, hence me being here. <laughs> <laughs> Am I a romantic person, Chantal? You've done nice things. You got her that nice train trip that time. You got her the Oriental Express. Or oh, I something. did, didn't I? Yes, the Oriental Express. Yeah, that's the old. Ori- that was old in English as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Ed does. Takes her around old English places. Well, I'm, she's, not a, I'm not Ed's a Brexit voter, by the way. Ed's married to a, a French woman, so he has to be incredibly romantic to try and equal that. You know? No, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, just everything she says just sound romantic, just because she's a French accent. No, because every other word is peppered with a swear word. Because swear words are meaningless to her, because it's her second language, <laughs> so she just drops constant c bombs. <laughs> Sounds very Emily-like. The lovely girl. <laughs> but you picked like an iconic English couple, so Marianne Faithful and uh, Mick Jagger. When we asked you on the podcast, what what made this be the first couple that pops into your head? I mean, it was pretty much the only couple that popped into my head because I was, <laughs> I was weirdly obsessed with them in my early teens for a really grotty reason. Oh no! <laughs> okay, <laughs> tread carefully here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which uh, which had to do with Mars bars. So when I was twelve years old <laughs> and just starting to get interested in. Yeah, you know, the, the, a flower was blossoming in within me. Where is this going? <laughs> I was becoming interested, you know, in uh, in the sort of things that a teenage boy was, you know, gets interested in. And there was a really grubby little kid in my class who told us all about Mars bar parties. What's a Mars bars party? Well, 
so I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how in depth into their story we're going to go, but there was there was a uh, there was a drugs bust at Keith Richards' house, and Marianne Faithful was at the house, and a bunch of them got busted for drugs, and the News of the World, I think it was the News of the World, printed a story that. Uh, p- people have been shoving Mars bars up themselves. <laughs> I, I just Mar- remembered why we don't normally have straight men on this podcast. There you go. Just, I've just been reminded why we're making no, but, it's, but it was a story that went down in rock and roll legends, This and it was completely made up. But I remember someone at my school telling me about Mars bar parties and me thinking this... Was that's just, what you. Exactly, this was that's like, what you do. Yeah, it's a child's. It's, it's a teenage boy's two favourite things. It's like sweets and <laughs> girls. I was like, and you can put the two things together. No, you can't put the two things together. Don't put the two things together. It's it's really unhygienic and. People get urinary infections, and it's just generally a bad idea. Anyway, so that's what got me interested in them. I was like, this this, this couple sound like the most out there people I've ever heard of, and I found them fascinating. And I think that was the first thing I heard before I even heard about the music, unfortunately. Was it like, did you sort of imagine yourself as like a Mick Jagger, like cool... Is he the one you kind of identified with, or like an Um, aspirational figure? I mean, weirdly, I think I weirdly identified with both of them. Because Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger is like the person you want to be. I think, if, and I think Marianne Faithful is quite possibly the person that most of us would end up being if we became celebrities. Homeless <laughs> the, the on the streets eventually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mick, Mick, Mick Jagger is it just never stopped working. Even through, even uh, even in the middle of the sixties, at his absolute craziest, he could yeah, he could actually barely hold his alcohol and was working very hard. And everyone, he's not Keith Richards by any means. And uh, really, yeah. is he actually quite a lightweight? Yeah, apparently, yeah. Mm. And he wasn't all that keen on when Marianne Faithful was giving it some in the sixties in the drug department. Mick Jagger was was sort of tutting disapprovingly from the sides most of the time. Well, well hot so dog. I did research on this couple, like I do all the couples, and the uh, genuinely trying to get hold of who went out with who when. Genuinely, the, the only thing I can compare it to is when I tried to really get a grip on the War of the Roses. Like, it was that complicated. <laughs> yes. Like, I kept thinking I had the timeline right, and then I'd read something else, and I'd have to take a breath and go back to it yeah. it's, I was well, just going to say this must have been a hell of a research job for you this week Grania this is what you really should have complained about not getting drunk it was this it was researching well, I, I had to remind myself I dipped into some, into some Stones books because I think the last thing I read about her was uh, was her autobiography in the 90s and, and did uh, you read it? yeah I did it's brilliant yeah really good yeah so I like, as Chantel knows, I I know very little. I have very little interest in celebrity culture and, until until it's about twenty years in the past, and then I Hoover it up. <laughs> I love I love it, and because all of a sudden then it's it's history, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and you get the really juicy stuff as well because people start to telling you what was actually going on. First of all, the big, the most important details: star signs. So Mick Jagger, <laughs> <laughs> Leo. He's a Leo. Of course he's a Leo. I'm a Leo, yeah. I'm a Leo. Yeah. I'm not a Leo. Should I leave? Oh, (laughs) good. I'm not going to be homeless. (laughs) (laughs) All comedians are Leos. It's so embarrassing. Oh, that's why my career stalled. Right. Thank you. Well, you know why? It's because we were the youngest in our class at school. So we were all trying to get attention. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Pathetic. 
Absolutely. <laughs> well, so Mick Jagger, Leo, and Marianne Capricorn. And now I've looked up this, I've done the research, and according to Astrology Romance, .co.uk sadly <laughs> the mixture of a of a leo and a capricorn what star sign is your wife ed uh i think she's a pisces okay. whatever is november she's november so whatever november is yeah, okay is... this is fine this is december okay, you're baby. all right you're all there's right. only a five percent chance of it working out between what? capricorn and leo yeah so Leos and Capricorn have one thing in common and that is their awareness of themselves but it rarely works out and they do not see a future together. So there's only 5% chance of them getting together. <laughs> now, Mick Jagger came from a, like a really good, like even though he sounds quite posh now, he came from like quite a normal sort of like middle class background. His dad was a PE teacher. His mom was a hairdresser, quite like a conservative background. His mom was really involved in the local Tory party. And he was studying finance and accounting at LSE. Meanwhile, oh my God. so make sure yeah. everyone's to be an accountant. Yep. <laughs> of all the jobs, an actual accountant. A really sexy accountant. <laughs> That's my prerequisite when I choose an accountant. How <laughs> sexy are they? <laughs> Whereas Marianne, her dad was an intelligence officer during the war and her mum was a member of the Austro-Hungarian nobility. So she's like... She came from good stock. Proper, like, aristocratic. She uh, And a ballet dancer, I think, her mum was as and well. And a ballet dancer. She was yeah. a ballet dancer for the Max Reinhardt company during the war so she's blue-blooded vibes properly but like proper like bohemian aristocrats her early life was at a commune in oxfordshire so real like limousine liberal type has has the money to kind of do whatever they want type vibe yeah 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 because they're rich (laughs) and i've got a big i've got a big theory about about her being responsible for like half of the 60s basically Oh, go on. Go yeah. on then. Well, I, I, in a, a good way, Stones... you mean, in a positive, women yeah, should be... Yeah, well, so yeah. as a big Stones fan, uh, I'm only really uh, a Stones fan because of four albums which are flawless, mm. and they are the four albums that were basically made with when she was around with her influence. And before Mick Jagger met her, he just used to do crosswords and uh, read James Bond books, apparently, when he wasn't playing the guitar. <laughs> it was really boring. <laughs> And oh. you can tell that in their in their albums, like the music is good, but the lyrics are not really all that. And some and some of the songs are like, you know, I've got you under my thumb and all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, yeah, all right, Mick. Uh, and then uh, she comes along, and uh, it all just goes bonkers because he she introduced him to like the occult and all sorts of stuff. And, that, and then they got into all the mysticism, started going to Morocco. It all got a bit absolutely fabulous. So she's responsible for basically the 60s. <laughs> I like, <laughs> yeah, the psychedelic London. 60s was... Uh, and she was even there when they recorded uh, Day in the Life. She she was actually there in the studio as they record it. She's like a a, a little a little fairy who's just constantly hovering <laughs> over the late 60s. And yet she just gets reduced to being like a muse. Oh, yeah. And she was not... Yeah, no, exactly. Another thing that's absolutely amazing about her is like... When you see photos of her, you just imagine that she was someone that Mick Jagger was trotting around on his arm. He spent like six months to a year like trying to get back together with her. She dumped him. Yeah, that's well, right, Mary. Well, Gary Pine is going to get to that. Oh. Ed, Ed, they haven't even met yet. They haven't even met yet. I'm sorry. I'm just so excited to be talking about them. That's good. We want passion. We want passion. 
so um, Mick Jagger, he's, you know, he's moved into London from the suburbs. He's got this really like boring, you know, English traditional background. Suddenly he's met Keith Richard. They're like making music together. He is gone from being like, you know, a very average life to suddenly uh, the, the start of sort of swinging 60s. So his first girlfriend that we sort of know about was Chrissy Shrimpton, who was Jane Shrimpton's little sister. So she was like, Jean, Jane Shrimpton was like this big supermodel. So mm-hmm. he was going out with her little sister. And this is, I thought this was so funny. This is, she was interviewed about what it was like going out with Mick Jagger before he became famous. And she said, Mick would come and meet me for lunch, she recalls. One day, as we walked through the market, a stall holder threw a cabbage at his head and shouted, you ugly fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Was this when he was was famous or even before he became famous? This is before he's famous. (laughs) So it's just... <laughs> just throwing cabbage at his head. This is the this is the weird thing about Mick Jagger. Like even when I was reading up on this uh, for, for this, I was like, oh, like even Marianne Faithful didn't actually want to go out with him. She wanted to be going out with Keith Richards. <laughs> yeah. Poor Mick, no one actually liked the guy. This no, whole like, time. Every, every, he was always like second best to somebody. Oh yeah, all right. <laughs> so it's Mick Jagger. <laughs> so strangers used to throw vegetables at him. They were so repulsed by his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cabbage. Poor me. <laughs> Just randomly as well as his excellent stuff. By the way, was Marie, did you say Marie Shrimpton? Marie Shrimpton? So Chrissy Shrimpton. Sorry, Chrissy Shrimpton. Jane Shrimpton's little sister. So uh, she's going out with Mick and then he starts getting famous and he starts changing towards her because she obviously was like way out of his league and she came from quite quite a posh background and really like people would say, oh my God, she's, you know, you're punching with her. But now suddenly he's famous, his attitude towards her starts changing and they got engaged, but then he changed his mind and was like, oh, we should just live together instead. So bohemian. Yes, this is like early 60s and he's a, you know, a, a, a comedian, or I suppose say a comedian, Freudian's lip. He's a singer who's suddenly become famous. <laughs> they don't make the best boyfriends. No comedian would behave like that. <laughs> yeah, no. What are you talking about, Grania? <laughs> what do you mean? Meanwhile, Marianne, she's like 16, 17. She is also just starting to sort of go to the cool parties. She sort of sings folk songs in the coffee shops. She's got this artist boyfriend, John Dunbar, who's like one of these aristocrats who are like dabbling with the counterculture at the time. She goes to a party. The Rolling Stone boys are there, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and their manager. And they all, she's so beautiful all of them are just like, oh my God, who is that woman? She's absolutely stunning. And Mick Jagger's manager walks over to her boyfriend and says to her boyfriend, who's she? Can she sing? Is she an actress? Doesn't speak to her, just speaks to her boyfriend. And he goes, oh yeah, she's a good singer. And he's like, cool, we'll we'll, we'll get a song for her because she's like absolutely gorgeous. So she'll be famous. And she's just like, oh yeah, whatever. It's the 60s, fine. So Mick and uh, Keith write a song called as tears go by she records it and is just like basically famous overnight 
God, just you know from what? that this, party. This keeps happening to me at parties as well. It's really tiresome, I'll be honest with you. Just relentlessly, you're gorgeous, you're stunning, here's a song, sing it, become famous. I just want to do the podcast, guys, okay? Don't, don't want to become a singer. So I feel I feel her pain. It's like, the, it's like the advice you get from old people about networking, isn't it? you just got to get out there, get your face around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is what you could do back then. Swinging London was just about 40 people, basically, wasn't it? <laughs> Everyone else was just rolling around in the dirt. <laughs> God, what an easy life for Marianne so far. Yeah, she's like, oh, how difficult can it be? So she records this album and is like now kind of like a famous pop star. Then she gets pregnant with John Dunbar. They get married. But he very quickly, because it's, I guess, like a lot of that time, even though they were like, oh, we're so, you know, counterculture. We're, the minute they got married, basically, he expected her to be like just looking after the baby, you know, just staying at home while he, you know, had lots of fun with his friends. She was like, uh, bear in mind, like, she's so young. I think she's still like 80, 19. So she's super, super young. Yeah, she she's was. Pop, yeah. She was she's a pop in star. So she's like, uh, nah. So she starts sort of heading out without her husband into the whole swinging 60s. Who does she have a massive crush on? Mick? Keith. Keith Richards. Keith Richards. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it's Keith. (laughs) So she sort of starts chasing after Keith. She has to get in line with him. (laughs) I mean, well, so he's going out with Anita Pallenberg at the time. Beautifully bonkers woman. I love her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's absolutely crackers and terrifying go on Gloria continue so she has a night of passion with Keith Richards and then she's horrified because the next morning he says do you know what Mick really likes you and he's not actually that bad <laughs> like and you should give... after he shagged her himself and said by the way my mate likes you but you know <laughs> while you're here I thought I'd have a go <laughs> well done Keith and she's like, she she prefers Keith and she feels like they're more similar, but she thinks that Mick is sort of more stable. He's sort of less involved in the drug scene. She's like, this you know. This is crazy to me. I never thought sick- in the course of this, I'd start to feel sorry from poor old Mick Jagger. <laughs> Trouble with the ladies. <laughs> she told the enemy that she slept with another one as well. Apparently she slept with three of them. Don't know who the third one was. I mean, it just like genuinely, it is like oh, it's Charlie for the roses. It really is just kind of trying to so it's so she <laughs> she starts going out with Mick Jagger, and you know they really love each other. She moves in with them. Her son moves in with them, and they're just like the iconic couple, the swinging sixties. Like they are just at the centre of it all. And I think there is just something like can you okay? Let's let go on a little journey. You get a phone call, Mick and Marianne are in town. Ed, what how do you imagine a night out with Marianne and Mick? I mean, it could end it could be you could basically it could go two ways. He's either, you're either going to get invited to you're either going to get like a very posh invitation and it's a night out with a load of toffs that you don't care about because Mick thought it was good for networking opportunities. <laughs> uh or you're going to be in uh, some sort of sweaty basement in Chelsea owned by some trustafarian who's thrown a few large cushions around and everyone's smoking smack. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's going to be one of those two. <laughs> Which would you prefer? Neither of them, really. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever want to hang out when you were obsessed with them? Was it because you wanted to hang out with them so oh, much? Oh, of course. Yeah, them? I wanted to be them. Yeah, I just thought they just it just seemed so utterly crazy. They just seemed to live like a cartoon life of of what a teenage boy thought. You know, the the, the ultimate pinnacle of your future could possibly be well even it sounds even now hearing about it of what grind is saying so far it just doesn't seem like these are real like did they actually like how did this happen <laughs> how did they both just get this both just happened oh he's he just got a record he went to london and got a record deal became the stones it just happens like that yeah. this is yeah. mental they just they just went around some pubs in soho and yeah became like the she stones. was pregnant and had a kid that's like a really big thing for most women for her it was just like what happened that's like well, the tiniest but that's what's amazing about like footnote that's what's, what's amazing about the two of them incredibly progressive for the time because she she's pregnant with a kid she's still married the whole time they're together <laughs> <laughs> which in the 60s is like really big deal and also Mick Jagger is a surprisingly good stepdad and uh, like loves this boy and like buys him everything in the world I mean you know he's not around half the time and he's having sex with half of London but um, <laughs> but also so is Marianne so that's fine <laughs> The detail I loved is so apparently when so when Keith was like, No, give Mick a chance and she was like, Okay, fine. All apparently- we are saying <laughs> give Mick a chance. Apparently how she You're ugly, she tested whether he you know she, he was worth it is apparently she stayed up all night with him testing his knowledge of Arthurian legends oh gosh <laughs> Jesus that's which wild. was so like how 60s is that yeah. like that's so like they're probably both wearing like caftans yeah they're definitely in caftans and smoking that smoking but she's like I bet back then they called it hashish as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though she eventually got into the um heroin stuff well not yet. We, we're not there yet. Um, they're still sort of the love children. But and I think as well, because he was like so ugly. <laughs> he was so ugly. And he's like, <laughs> when do we all accept that Mick Jagger was actually ugly the whole time? <laughs> New information to me. I was like, he was meant to be really hard. Now we've all three of us like, yeah, he was just rank. Oh. He was just ugly. But like, so well, he comes from a very normal background, you know, just from the suburbs. And this is this like angel faced sort of like charismatic creature who's like, who's much more intelligent than he is and much more well-read and sophisticated. They really would have worked, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, and he was, I mean, he was clearly smitten with her and she was, she was a massive trophy girlfriend for her, cause she, for, for him, because she, I mean, she was, when, when I was a, when I was a teenager, I, I couldn't imagine anyone more beautiful than Marianne Faithful. I thought <laughs> she was just an absolute goddess. So um, everything, everything's going really well. Uh, it's the mid sixties. Everybody's swinging. Everybody's having a great time. How long are they together at this point? Like five, six. How long six are they together? In, is it? <laughs> six months. <laughs> and then things start getting complicated. So you're going to have to bear with me. Then Jagger was in the film performance. Yeah. With Anita Pallenberg, something <laughs> kind of happened. Something between happened. the two of them. Perhaps. But it was the 60s and Marianne was like, oh, okay, well, that's a little bit, you know, I uh, wish that hadn't happened because you're my best friend, but whatever. 
these it's things. It's just bodies, it's just physical, it's not spiritual. Meanwhile, Keith kind of Richards vibe. was outside the shoot, because it's one of my favourite films, I'm obsessed with performance as well. Uh, Keith Richards used to turn up outside, uh, like, two hours early to pick Anita Pallenberg up outside this house, where he knew that his best friend was rolling around naked, <laughs> being filmed with his naked girlfriend. <laughs> He'd sit in his car outside, absolutely raging, apparently sending hours. in notes to her. <laughs> really? Yeah, sending in notes to her to, uh, on, on set, telling her what she was and wasn't allowed to do, and telling her that he was outside and to hurry up and uh, people used to bring her these notes on set and she just used to laugh and screw them up and throw them away <laughs> Keith not as progressive as uh, as Mick <laughs> not as open-minded it seems yeah, clearly not um, but the big thing was in 1967 they're at a house party which was we alluded to at the very start of the podcast they're they're all having this fabulous time at this house party oh, this party and um, uh, Marianne goes for a swim and she no change of clothes, so while her clothes were drying, she wrapped this fur rug around her. Oh, I know about the fur rug story. Okay, I know about that. I didn't know that was the same party. Yes, Golly. and that was mm. there was a big drugs bust, and apparently they were still like under the effects of all that they had taken. That when the police were like going through, storming through the house trying to find drugs, they started playing, you know, that Bob Dylan "Everybody Must Get Stoned" record. Like oh, just... they played that as they were being raided. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, I love ah. the balls on these. Because <laughs> there's there's the thing that I loved as a kid about her. This is one of the things I was like, she is the girl for me. They the policewoman was taking her upstairs to strip search her, and but she was completely naked under this fur rug, and she she turned around on the stairs, dropped the rug, and went, "Search me!" <laughs> <laughs> and everyone pissed themselves laughing. I was like, to do that in the middle of a police raid. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't taking it seriously at all but then they did actually find some minor drugs at the house right so Mick minor and keith richards they said okay yeah fine we'll take responsibility so they were facing there was a huge big court case but that wasn't even the what what happened was the the press off the back of it first of all it was very against all of them you know how awful the rolling stones are how awful this marianne faithful woman is but then the press sort of, sort of turned and the press were saying oh it's terrible you know the the rolling stones they're being persecuted they're actually really cool they're real rock stars but the press still stayed terrible towards Marianne Faithful and she went from being this like angel this aristocratic otherworldly English dove to like this harlot this fallen woman she's a mother she's the absolute she got such bad press off the back wait wait but the Mars Bar executives were like sales are rocketing we love this girl (laughs) are you trying to tell me that that 60s British tabloid media was Sexist or something? What are you trying to tell me here, Gonya? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. You saying there's misogyny back then or something? It wasn't fair reporting. Is that what you're saying? I know. I thought it was just all hippy hippy shake and feminism. Yeah. <laughs> We're surprised. Slut shaming existed back then. Who knew? But she never really got over it. She was oh, absolutely Marianne. devastated off the back of it, and it really like ruined her career. And then she was already sort of dabbling in drugs beforehand, but then it just went really, really downhill after that. Then Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones, he died. It just all became quite toxic. And that's when sort of things went sort of really bad for her. She started 
doing more drugs. And this is, oh my God, this is what I thought was so sad. So she took an overdose while she's in Australia with Mick filming Ned Kelly. And she was unconscious for like days and days. She's still like in her mid-twenties at this stage. Like it's, she's so young. And then she comes, she finally comes through. She's awake. And Mick goes, oh my God, I thought I lost you. And she said... Wild horses couldn't drag me away. She did not. She did. Gosh, she really did do it all. She did, you see. Yeah, I told you. My God. So much stuff on their albums was either influenced or it's came just out Mary of her Ann. Did she even get a writing credit? Oh, no, obviously not. This is obviously Mick Jagger not. we're talking about. <laughs> he was counting every bean. <laughs> he may have been ugly, but he was good at accounting, remember? That, that was a few weeks at LSC, it really paid off. She actually wrote another one. She wrote Sister Morphine, and I don't, th- I think, I'm not even sure she ever got a credit for that. So it was very, went from being sort of very, you know, it's awful. I feel like the Libertines have ruined this whole period for me because that is like the whole Pete Doherty, Kate Moss. They were it like, is, yeah, like the lesser man's version. They yeah. were trying to be like them, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And they, I mean, they, Kate Moss even used to invite Marion Faithful to her birthday parties, didn't she? To her, you know, her decadent birthday parties where they'd hire out a suite. And was, Mar- and... was Marion a bit like, oh, yeah, I've kind of done this, babes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always really did it first and better. This isn't that exciting to me? Anymore, like, yeah, this, you know where this is going to end up, don't you? <laughs> Find <laughs> my autobiography my and save yourself a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> did you ever, like, in your own, like, dating history like were you ever in sort of that sort of like oh we're fighting all the time but we love each other and we're toxic but we can't stay away from each other like there's a real romance to that especially i think when you're younger <laughs> i was just gonna say isn't that every relationship anyone's ever had <laughs> probably answers your question <laughs> i thought that was it's not what you call oh, is that not just Wait. called being in a relationship <laughs> No, I think I think I think actually weirdly, I I I think she actually acted as a sort of uh, a, a, a Victorian moral tale as to where people like that could lead you if you weren't careful. Mm-mm-mm. So I think actually, being so obsessed with her and Mick at an early age probably taught me to regard those sorts of people with a bit of scepticism, actually. Because mm-hmm. Mick, those sort of people, like Mick Jagger strikes me as a sort of smug person who, who everybody else is getting really, really drunk and it's only the next day you're like, oh, you weren't drinking. Do you yes. know like one of those people? This is when you read about him. He seems like to be the only person in the room who wasn't drinking. Oh, God, Mick, he really was. He was that excellent like that as well. And then you can control people more easily. Yeah. He was very mm. controlling. Apparently, he, he his his relationship with Keith Richards was at its best when Keith Richards was just a massive smackhead and couldn't, could you know, could could barely open a door himself. And so Mick just got to... He could still play the guitar, <laughs> of course, because he was Keith Richards. <laughs> but uh, genuinely couldn't cool do anything else. And, uh, and Mick Jagger thought that was great, and they had a great ten years working together. And uh, it was when he came off the heroin that things started to deteriorate in their relationship. Golly! So when did Mick and Marion properly, properly spill? So, so she basically her you know her health deteriorated, and she just she didn't want to just be a trophy wife, and she was very aware that if she she didn't want to be just Mick and Marianne, she really wanted to be her own person, and she didn't want to be in you know his shadow the whole time. He was mad about her, like the relationship it ended very much because he pro- she he proposed to her several times and she turned him down. Really? Yeah. 
this girl. So the relationship ended in 1970. So it really was like... The death of the 60s. (laughs) (laughs) There, there was a celebrity couple with everything I told you. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, he moves on quite quickly after Marianne leaves. He has a very brief affair with an actress called Marcia Hunt. They have a daughter together. Never even heard of Marcia Hunt. That's so sad. So she was the inspiration for Brown Sugar. Oh, and oh! I have a different story about the inspiration for Brown Sugar, but continue. Go on. Well, it's irrelevant. She... <laughs> <laughs> then he is with Bianca, Bianca Jagger. They are together. They meet each other in 1970. They get married in 1971. Divorce in 1978. So I was thinking, like, Marianne, she's so, like, 60s. And then Bianca Jagger, she's so, like, 70s. Very 70s, mm. yeah. And then Jerry, incredibly and 80s. Yeah, Jerry. So she, he meets Jerry. He really Jerry. knows how to pick him. <laughs> he really does well. So he's with Jerry from 1977. Uh, in 1980, they get, in inverted commas, married on a beach in Bali. It's a three-hour ceremony that involves chickens being sacrificed. <laughs> it has everything... Except for illegal backing, because then <laughs> when he gets a Brazilian model pregnant, she wants a divorce and he says, uh-huh, we weren't actually married. But they still... Uh... <laughs> the whole thing was just one big long, gotcha! <laughs> that was all it was for, just, just that joke at the end, 10 years later. <laughs> the one big the aristocrats. <laughs> yeah, he's just, yeah, exactly. He's just a big prankster, that Jagger. <laughs> the aristocrats. <laughs> so finally, they're separated. She does get... They have their, their wedding is annulled, not divorced. But she still gets loads of money off the back of it. So, you know... She's fine. Don't you worry about Jerry Hall. She's fine. <laughs> uh, then he starts dating Loren Scott from 2001 to 2014. She da- sadly dies in 2014. Yep. Then in 2016, he is together with a ballerina who is 29 to his 73. Together they have his eighth child. So well for himself. Genuinely, I could give you like a roll call of the women that he's been linked with, but it would be like a World War One memorial gate. <laughs> it would take that long. Is he just like allergic to prophylactic devices now as well? Like, why does he keep knocking them all up? <laughs> this is mental. Like, Jesus. It's like he's starting little franchises everywhere. So while he's, you know, doing that thing he does, Marianne, so she struggles for a lot of the 70s. Um, she's homeless for a while. She suffers from anorexia. She lived on a, a bomb site in Soho. Bloody hell! For a while, yeah. I remember in her autobiography, there was she said something about she uh, she used to sit on a wall all day on a bomb site. Oh, and then this. <laughs> God, that's so bleak. And the she last time she amazing. saw Mick Jagger, it's so grim. This. So the last time she saw Mick Jagger, she was on a sitting on a wall in a bomb site in Soho. Mick Jagger walked past and was like, "Oh my God, that's my ex girlfriend." Oh my God! Look, look at the state you're in. Oh no! So he took her to somewhere cozy, had sex with her, never spoke to her again. Oh no! Oh my God. Jesus! What a gentleman! <laughs> he said chivalry was dead, not with Mick yeah. around. <laughs> Made her feel good for that one time, you know. Yeah. Oh my God! So she struggles with, you know, addiction issues. You know, her mental health isn't that great. She marries twice. One, two. 
her former manager and that seems like a nice long healthy relationship she then she has a very short affair with a guy she meets in rehab and that was a real turning point in her life where she was like okay I have to clean my act up because she'd gone through sort of periods of sobriety and then she'd get ill again sobriety she'd get ill again she she recorded this album called Broken English in 1979 that was just like incredible like the best work of her life and she had this moment of people just recognising her musical talent and her contribution her voice changed which like because of what she'd been through oh she's got one of those great voices that people used to older people used to have in the 80s when they were smoking like 60 rothmans a day um, <laughs> if you go on youtube and watch what she sounds like now it's a great it's a great voice just yeah. it's not gravelly distinct... it's like it's beyond gravelly yeah it is it's she, the how it's it's the how the hell are you still alive voice? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like Keith's voice. Keith's voice is like that now as well. Yeah. When Keith talks, you see, you can't it should have been, been the two of them. Maybe It should have been the two of them. Well, so in sort of a full sort of circle moment, that I thought was quite nice. In her very early sort of sixties life, she met Bob Dylan, and it was when she was pregnant. So she would have been about eighteen, nineteen, and they hung out. And Bob Dylan was just like, "Oh my god, you're so beautiful, you're amazing." And he played her his album and like talked her through all the tracks, and you know was just like completely enamored and in awe of her. And then he kind of wanted to take things further, and she was like oh my god I'm a huge fan but like I'm pregnant and I'm married and she freaked out and then he apparently was got really annoyed and was like well just fine just go then <laughs> and then <laughs> it was just go sexy. pregnant woman I'm trying to have sex with <laughs> you're being so unreasonable ah <laughs> oh, the 60s and- <laughs> but then decades later when she released Broken English she met him again she played him her album, Broken English. He was like, oh my God, this is incredible. And she talked him through all the lyrics and the tracks and what the songs meant. And then he opened up his wallet and he had a photo of her that he said he had kept from the first time that they met. Oh my goodness. Oh. That's nice. So do, do, things, do things end up happy from ever? Do things ever happy for Marianne? Do things end up good for a period of time? I think they, it's never like, it's a more like, you know, tragic beauty rather than like, and then she met a really nice guy. Okay. It's more like moments like that where you're just like, oh. And she's a grandma. God. She's a grandma. Yeah. She's still really good friends with Keith Richards. They get on really well. I actually have some, I, um, I saw Marion. I was at a party with Marion Faithful in, uh, what are we now? I was about two months ago. I've been keeping this Shut up. the whole time. I was. I was at a Mulberry party in August, I think. And uh, she was there doing a poetry reading. I forgot oh, to tell you this. I would love to. She was, she was there. She was sat down the entire time. So I never saw her stand. I think she was, may have been, I feel like she was in a wheelchair, wheeled in, because she's quite old now. But um, she was oh, sat she's recovering she, from COVID. Yeah, she well, she had that in earlier in the, the year. COVID, That's yeah. right, because we were all very aware of that. We were all like, "Oh, should we be like near this woman who has health is quite fragile?" But yeah, she did a poetry reading with her famous raspy voice. It was incredible. I didn't get to meet her or anything. Don't don't get too excited. She was, but I was breathing the same air as Marion Faithful. So, ha <laughs> ha. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I'm pretty cool. Anyways, go Actually, on. If you're breathing the same air as her, I'm surprised you didn't catch. I'm surprised I'm still alive. <laughs> I have I have felt high ever since. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't felt sober since. 
Is it you, <laughs> you breathe the same air, air as her, you sound like Doc Cotton after 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> What's this woman admitting? <laughs> so, you know, they both had sort of very tumultuous lives. <laughs> Would you say, I mean, a bit of a simplistic, well, no. It is when a bit you... of a simplistic time. This, I think this time when you ask this question, it's a pretty... Basically, Grania has to ask the guests the same question every single week about the couple. And I think when you hear the question, you're going to see how, especially with this couple, it's kind of an obvious answer. What? No, or is it? Is it, is it, though? Okay. When you think about these two people, they loved each other desperately, but because of their star signs, it could never have worked out. When you think of... Mick Jagger and Marianne Faithful. After after they split up, who do you think? <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to ask it? <laughs> who do you think what? <laughs> who do you think thrived? <laughs> who do you think just survived? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think is the winner of Mick uh, Jagger? Well, let's see. One of them ended up living on a bomb site. <laughs> the other one was touring the world in the most famous rock and roll band in history, apart from the Beatles. Uh... No, but I mean, hmm. think about it. Like, but what, but who was really happy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, Mickey's Mickey's got that young kid. He's got a toddler. Oh he's, yeah, he's awful. So old. Yeah, that's the same as being toddler. homeless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you mean now? Yeah, right now. Who do you think has thrived? Who's just oh, survived? Well, I mean, no, it's still Mick, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely still Mick. Marianne's There's no world in which it's Marianne. Marianne's Bordier. living in a living in a flat on her own. But to get, doing videos on a... YouTube about how she's quite lonely. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she's respected. You know, the people that she respects, you know, care about her back. She's got her own voice. She's emerged from being like just this 60s muse. You know, this Dolly Bird. She's not going to beat Mick Grania. It's <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> The guy is Mick Jagger. It's not what you can't ever accuse her of was having a having a pampered life. I mean, she is a survivor. She is yeah. very much a survivor. From the, from the, enough credit from the early seventies onwards, my word, she's she's a she's an absolute hero for powering through. And you know, she's got an incredible um, sorting her life out. She's got an incredible body. Her immune system is just stunning. This should be oh, studied. She's, really, she's still looking. Uh, still looking. Well, no, I don't mean about it. <laughs> no, no straight man who just has to reduce everything down to if she's still sexually viable. No, 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 no I didn't mean that. No, what I meant, <laughs> no, what I meant was like, like her skin, her complexion. Her is she? Is she still for someone in her seventies? Is she? You're not looking at her thinking you are somebody who used to no, live on she, a bomb site. She looks no, no, no. She looks like she's lived a life. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. But what I just mean is, if you consider how much she's been through with her health problems the fact that she's still sort of getting around and doing stuff and sim seems to be all up there that's it after all the apparent drug abuse that she suffered through you'd be you would be not surprised if you thought that she was a bit not all there in the head but she seems to be quite switched on so she was quite impressive that's what i mean she's just given quite a strong immune system to everything it feels like yeah Ed, thank you so much for your amazing couple. Where can we find you? Have you got anything 
up online or up in this. This is going to sound even worse. Hilariously, you can mostly find me on children's television. <laughs> Definitely not talking about subjects like this. What, do, what TV channel can we see you on, Ed? Uh, CBBC. <laughs> crazy what we've been talking about. I know. I really should have picked a more wholesome couple. But, uh... We have one final question as well before you go. Oh, yeah. unless, unless, first of all, do you have anything else that you want to say about Mick and Mary? Or do you feel, was there anything that you specifically, a story you wanted to tell or do you feel like it's all been covered? I think we've done a pretty good job going down the, uh, the dark well, the road last question, the, the, <laughs> the last question we ask every guest we have on is to help us out trying to find a lover for a woman who is unbelievably single, despite looking, sounding, being incredible. And we feel like she's never come across a guy, really, who reaches her level. So we're asking you, we're asking every guest, can you help us find someone you think is good enough for Cher? Oh, yeah. that's for, Yeah, why has Cher never... Uh... Too, too much for most men. Yeah. She's had boyfriends, but no one's ever really stuck around. No. None of them are strong enough. Yeah, that's right. That was a reference. Share. Oh dear. Well, you see, when you uh, well, I, uh, can I go? Well, can I go back a bit? Well, that's going to be what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Charles Cher- Dickens. Cher-, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cher and Mick would have been good, actually. Can you imagine that? He oh should have got my. with. He should have got with Cher, not Jerry. That would have been great fun. That's he the, could do that the, now. That was probably the only the person who would have only been more more eight. I can't imagine anyone more eighties than Jerry, except Cher. Yeah, who somehow is also more sixties and seventies and eighties, and she's yeah, actually like Mick. Yeah. She's yeah, actually that... the one that Mick missed because she does all the decades. He'd be like, "Oh, I want us to sleep about," and she'd say, "Snap out of it." <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Ed. Thank you so much for. I hope you had a good time here. We had a great time chatting with you. Yeah, I hope some of it's broadcastable. Yeah, so do we. It might just be like I said, a high Ed. And I hope, and I hope it means Bye. I don't. And I hope it means I hope this doesn't mean I never appear on children's television ever again. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We had a great time. Thank you, Ed. So Say bye bye. The Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush. So. Email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks so much to Audio Boom for hosting and thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The, the way, way they were. were. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com